Harrison Agents. To buy, sell or rent in Tasmania, search Harrison Agents today. Breakfast with Tim Payne and Brent Costello. It's past seven o'clock. Good morning. Welcome to SEN Tassie Breakfast. I welcome you back in, Timothy Payne. Uh, nice to see you on this Friday morning, second hour of the show. Yeah, I've made it. You have? You I've got through? I haven't had to go home for anything. No, no, that was before the show. Uh, and pleased to say, after a very quiet week in the headlines, as usual, uh, the independent Labor member has joined us in the studio. David O'Byrne, good morning, Dave. And good morning to you, Cosie. It's always good to be here with Legends of Sport and you as well, Penny. <laughs> quiet week, but we'll see if we can get some headlines out. Yes. <laughs> Leading into the weekend. Yes, yes absolutely. Well, we better straighten up because it has been a, a busy week and we'll get to you personally soon. But as far as the Macquarie Point Stadium well, goes... You, I thought he wanted to talk about Collingwood first. We'll, we'll get to that. Oh. We'll get to that. <laughs> Plenty of time to talk about okay. the past, mate. Right. Talk to us about this legislation that's been passed in Parliament this week. Yeah, so it's the legislation which really triggers uh, the approval process for the stadium, the position, the uh, project of state significant. It's obviously not the original plan the state government had. They had a plan to push it through the major projects legislation, which was the, the way the Bridgewater Bridge was approved. Uh, they were dragged to this process because of the um, defection of their two Liberal members. Uh, and the debate on the floor of the House um, uh, moved an amendment to the project of state significant bill which uh, added a clause which meant that the approval process had to come back to Parliament because the current legislation or the previous legislation, once you triggered it through this process, it didn't need to come back to Parliament for a vote of the two houses. Uh, now, with that amendment bill going through, the process will start. They'll put all the documents together. They'll put the proposals together. Uh, we'll get a, uh, a referral uh, in October, a legislation which will trigger the uh, the planning process, and then eventually it'll come back to Parliament in 18 months or so. Now, so I was going to ask, from, so from October, because, I mean, Brent's been very vocal about 2028 being mm. pretty unrealistic, particularly f for the stadium, maybe the team plays elsewhere, but from October you're looking at 18 months from then. Well, I think it's 18 months at the earliest, usually during these processes, because once the, the the next crucial vote will be in October and that will trigger a referral of this project, of the stadium project, for that project of state significance. What we dealt with this week was essentially allowing allowing that legislation to come or allowing that piece to be referred in a manner which the independents would vote for, well, the two independents that left the Liberal Party. So, but, you're but, you, know, but, you, you get this? <laughs> no, he's all good. He's good. He's good. It's not just there. Um, no, so, uh, so, yeah, these these planning matters usually are really complex. Um, but in terms of, I'll try and dial it back so it's really simple. So, what we did yesterday was amend the legislation to allow any proposal to come back to Parliament. What happens in October is the actual stadium, the Mac Point proposal, will be presented uh, to Parliament for a planning process and a design process. That will take some time. That'll come back most likely early 25. So no, nothing will start before that? Well, I think if the government are committed to this, and obviously by all of their rhetoric they are, I'm sure that they've got things in train already starting, and yep. I would hope they are. I mean, the problem we've got is that you see some of those artists' impressions in the Mercury and you see a whole lot of people's opinions on what is or what isn't. We actually don't know what we're looking at at the minute. We've got some ideas. There's some, you know, some um, uh, planners and other people who've had a few ideas about what it might look like or what it might not look like, how you deal with the RSL, how you deal with the cenotaph, but the government actually haven't 
put something on the table, which I think's made it harder. Yeah. Do you, a couple of days ago, we had a tweet from the Prime Minister who's very excited about the Tasmanian team entering the competition. Do you think that's... I mean, I think it confuses people to see a disconnect between federal government and the Tasmanian Labor Party. Is that... Well, it's something that's spoken about. Is there some communication going on there? Well, there's always communication between state and federal. But again, there's state responsibilities and there's federal responsibilities. Because we're a member of a party, it doesn't mean that we all agree. And I'm not saying there is a disagreement, but Albo has been really clear on this. I was the state infrastructure minister when he was the federal infrastructure minister to get the original $50 million to develop Mac Point back in 2012. So we've had a long history on this. He's very keen for that site to be developed. The state government uh, has put a proposal uh, to Albo. Albo is very supportive of the team, loves his sport, uh, and he has actually said, well, okay, we've got a proposal from a state government and every federal government needs to consider these things. And he's committed to not only an upgrade of, um, uh, of the Macquarie Point area as a part of an urban renewal project, but he's also um, flicking some coin to upgrade York Park in Launceston, which is crucially important for the team. David O'Byrne, independent Labor member, is our guest on SEN Tassie Breakfast this morning. I've said this a few times, Obi. I've had to quickly adapt from being a sport reporter to a polls reporter. So right. forgive me if I'm just trying to get my head around this. So <laughs> from a Labor perspective, I'm paraphrasing here, but I think Beck White said she'll do anything she can to kill off the stadium. Is that was that is that right? She has been on record as saying that, yes. So so wouldn't that be their first opportunity yesterday? to kill off the stadium by not voting for this legislation? Well, it was an opportunity, um, but it was pretty clear uh, from uh, the contributions on the floor of Parliament that this is really about ensuring an idea can have a crack. And so I think their position is that saying that, that they may have a, a political position on, on the process and, and on the stadium, uh, but... I think they want to see if it'll it'll pass muster. So essentially, what the uh, the amendment yesterday or the bill ye- uh, yesterday was that was debated had nothing to do with Mac Point, but it had everything to do with Mac Point. It was essentially a process to what they would say improve a planning piece of a piece of planning legislation. So that's their position. So yes, it was an opportunity, but also there is merit in any project of state significant coming back to Parliament. The next test will be October. Now, you're sort of on the outskirts of Labor Party at the moment. So <laughs> I go to branch meetings, mate. I uh, go to a lot of meetings. I'm, I'm, I'm in the heart of it, I'd say. Are you, are you in a good spot, though, because if you weren't in the position you're in right now, you'd have to toe the party line and you couldn't be as outspoken as you want to be on the stadium? Well, I think in all of my career, I've been pretty clear about my values and my perspective on, on issues, and, and I am not a part of the... the PLP, the current caucus. I'm not a part of their debate, so I'm not in there arguing my case. Um, I have been in there for many years arguing my case, and, and I argued the case around the jack jumpers, uh, and very, very supportive of of, uh, of the investment, government investment, and the proposal around the jack jumpers. So I, I can't predict or say that my presence would have changed anything, but I think um, I'm at the stage of my political career where um, I'm not going to die wondering. I've got strong views on certain things and uh, I think I can say them now and it does, my position does allow me some freedom to do that Uh, and um, I'm not saying one one voice would have changed the position of the the, the state uh, caucus uh, or influenced it. I'm not saying that but I've been pretty clear on this. 
Good governments do health, education, housing, and take advantage of opportunities such as getting, you know, realising the dream of an AFL team. And, uh, you know, I don't think anyone's happy with how the stadium has been delivered, but it's here now and we've got to make it work. We've got to make the best of it. And it can trigger significant economic development for Tasmania. And to me, that's traditional labour. That's what labour yeah. people do. It's what Jim Bacon did. It's what Eric Rees did. This is very traditional labour space for me. Um, yes, hold the government to account scrutinise their decisions, but you don't want to be on the wrong side of history. Yeah, you, and you've been an outspoken supporter of the stadium, but you've also been critical of the state government's handling of it. So what would you do differently or what should have they have done differently than to be in a better position now? Well, I suppose the problem was um, because the Godfrey report, the, the, the task force report mentioned a facility um, for the team, but for Tasmania, close to the close to Hobart CBD. So it has been around a while. Uh, and then the next time we really heard about it was the state of the state address from the former Premier Peter Gutwin, who threw it on the table like a dead cat. No one knew it had, where it had come from. Uh, and he'd mentioned it was going to be at Regatta Point, not at Mac Point. So I think it took everyone by surprise took the RSL by surprise, and then everyone else is, is, regardless of the merits of the idea, everyone else is playing catch-up. Everyone else is going, well, how do we make this work? And then the AFL, and I've been pretty critical of the AFL for the last generation, really. They've treated Tassie not well. They've just, they've just uh, proved Tassie this will just take the best of your talent. That's about it. They won't de uh, develop the game. But I'm going to give credit to the AFL for making this decision because two, three years ago, four years ago, Tassie wasn't even mentioned at the AFL Commission. Wasn't even mentioned. So I think you've got to give credit to the AFL. They've spent political capital, particularly Gil McLaughlin, spent political capital to get the team across the line. And it's clear from the clubs the stadium's a part of it. So I suppose going back, you can't go back in time. You can't change what's happened. But you really do need to bring people along with you. You can't surprise people with something like this because there's a lot of people that I talk to who go, well, I'm just not happy how it's happened. And, and I agree. A lot of people are, aren't happy about how we've got here. But when you talk to them about the opportunity and the possibility and what it could be, I think people start to understand that this is a once-in-a-generation opportunity not only to get our team, because this is it. We blow this. They're not going to come back. No. We've got to get it right. We could sit here and talk to you all day about this. We'll ask you quickly, though, about the SFL. A couple of <clears throat> massive loss losses last week. A couple of teams dominating the comp. Uh, obviously, Hillenville signaled out in front, but yep. we saw, I think, a, a, a team only get one point. We saw a 258-point loss, a 229-point loss. Are you concerned about where the competition's going at the moment? Oh, look, I'm not concerned about the competition, but we've had a couple of teams who've really struggled. And uh, and obviously, when you head down to Commandy, um, you know, it's a long trip for uh, some of the northern suburbs boys to get down there. And uh, and I know that the, uh, uh, the team had a lot of injuries. So I, I think that at this time of the season, when you know you're not going to play finals, um, clubs uh, who don't start the season in a strong position towards the end of the season, you do um, you do get some of these blowouts. We're not happy with those blowouts. Obviously, the Commandy game was a was not great. Um, it wasn't great for Signet either. They're not. Um, I mean, obviously they played very well, but they're not happy with a, an uncompetitive game. So I think broadly speaking, we've got some really strong clubs. They need to be rewarded and, and acknowledged for the work they've done off season in recruiting and building the culture at their clubs. And you've got, well, I think. It's no surprise to people you've got the top three. You've got uh, Hewenville, Signet and Lindisfarne. But you've also got to look at uh, Dodgers, 
Brighton and uh, Sorrell, who have really started to lift their game and try to bridge that gap with the top two teams, top three teams. Um, obviously, Lindisfarne has, has been been around there as well, as I said. So um, you've got to look at, at at those clubs. Like Brighton, what four or five years ago, one one male team and one female team. <clears throat> now they've got three. Good, strong teams are going well. They've got a women's team. The club is flying off the field. They've got good off-field leadership. So great facility. They're a magnificent facility out there, and there's and they're working with the net, netball. They're working with cricket. So there's an ebb and flow with these things. Uh, but I think, and again, there is no silver bullet. But the closest thing a silver bullet we've got is an AFL license and a VFL team, because there'll be more talent in the state. And when the statewide league finishes at the end of next season. There will be, a, I think, a real reignition of local footy. Yeah, that was my next question. So, the twenty twenty five restructure of the of state football. What are you, your thoughts on that, and what does it mean for the SFL? Yeah, well, well I think it's um, when it's change. Obviously, there's um, having a VFL team means um, that the purpose of the TSL um, really. I know that there's been a lot of discussion in the north of the state. I played statewide league footy um, for you know eight or nine seasons. I, I love statewide footy. Um, we've got to remember the reason why we had statewide league footy is because the Tassie team was getting beaten by Queensland and New South Wales and um, the uh, players weren't actually getting um, playing against the best. So the idea was to lift the standard of the state, was to have a statewide league um, so that our Tassie team would be better. Well, now we will have a Tassie team. It's called the, it will be a VFL team initially and then an AFL team representing the map. And so that fits its purpose. And I think people forget how good some of that regional footy was. I remember growing up and uh, there was some fantastic footy being played regionally. It doesn't mean that all of a sudden you go from a statewide league to having a Durry a, a quarter time. That, <laughs> that, that doesn't happen. Those days don't happen. No, no, I know. That's why I retired. Skin podcast. <laughs> that's, that's it. If I can't have a Durry, um, <laughs> not that I smoke. Um, but the, the standard will still be good because you've got proud clubs. Uh, and the problem is we didn't really have a statewide league because there were no Northwest Coast teams. And two strong teams out of Launceston um, were basically um, a representative of Longford, South Launceston, Scottsdale, Georgetown, Rochelle, Bracknell. They were rep teams effectively. So having three good, strong regional comps with more VFL-listed players because there's 40 blokes running around yep. on the mainland, bring them home. They'll play in the regional league, in the regional Premier League. Um, so for the SFL, it's a great opportunity to have a Premier League, six teams, uh, and then you have a really good Division One, and so we can really start to uh, build and build pathways for elite, but really support community footy. We've got to get to a break. Uh, appreciate you coming. Before that, you go though, thirty seconds on the pies. Are the wheels off or not? Uh, well, I think everyone thinks the wheels are off, and that's what Fly McRae is absolutely <laughs> wanting you to do. He, I've seen his last two interviews. Um, yes, training loads are heavy, and I think that's genuine. But look at the positional plays. I think he's foxing. He he will be one of the greatest coaches of all time, in my view. We love him at uh, at Pyland. So. Injuries, yes, are a problem, but I, I think he's he's been around the block a while. He knows what he's doing. We'll Bit be cherry right for finals. Righto. Independent Labor member David O'Byrne, lovely to see you in the studio. Thanks for coming in and all the best for the next few weeks in Parliament. That's on, it's on the next few yeah, weeks, yep, isn't it? That's right. Oh, yeah. Good luck. Thanks. Uh, it's, there's plenty happening in your world. So appreciate you coming in this morning here on SEN Tassie Breakfast. We're going to get to a break. On the other side of it, we've got questions without notice. Thanks to Harrison Agents, we are Tasmanian.